Welcome to Ask a Lawyer with me, Steve Sleeper. Our guest today is Andrew Alpert with Alpert Schreier Trial Attorneys with offices throughout Maryland. He's the first and only DUI specialist in Maryland. I began the interview by asking Andrew about himself and his firm. Okay, so uh, I run a firm in Maryland. It's called Alpert Schreier, and the firm specializes in essentially two different areas. One, we do personal injury cases, so um, mainly car accidents, truck accidents, and medical malpractice. Um, We also do a component of workers' compensation law. And the other part of the law firm specializes in criminal defense work. And within that specialization, I have a subspecialization, which is uh, DUI defense. Um, We are probably one of the uh, largest DUI defense law firms in the state of Maryland. And I am Maryland's only DUI board certified lawyer. And that's board certified by the National College of DUI Defense and also by the American Bar Association. So I'm the first lawyer to achieve that in the state of Maryland. And I also have a number of other firsts in terms of qualifications in the state of Maryland, which essentially allows me to take an expertise and go out to the public and basically explain to the public why it is that you would want our firm to handle your case as opposed to some other firm. Oh, okay. Well, let's focus on DUI defense then. What should I expect from a a DUI defense lawyer? All right. Well, first of all, uh, if you you were to call our firm, you would expect to talk to someone who's going to answer the telephone and ask you a series of questions and uh, get some pertinent information from you so that we can get back to you quickly. And I emphasize quickly. Um, In Maryland, you only have 10 days from the date of arrest in order to make a crucial decision in your case regarding your license. So the first thing you need to do is get some immediate, what I call, uh, first aid, okay? Um, And so you would want to call our firm. We have a very, I, I try really hard to make sure that our firm responds quickly to these inquiries. Um, So I've set up, uh, I think, a fairly efficient system for doing that. So you will talk to an intake person who will then get that information and then push that information out to any number of attorneys in my firm who will then call you back and have a discussion with you about your case um, and sort of figure out where you need to go from that point. Um, The one thing that we do do at our firm, which I think is a little unique, is that uh, we operate exclusively on what I call the team concept. And what that does is that I try to train all of my attorneys and provide them with the best training possible uh, to go out and do this work, as well as myself, but we roundtable all of our cases at the firm so that uh, even though, for instance, one of my associates or one of my other partners might be working on the case, we all are involved in coming up uh, with the way that would be best suited to defend the case um, in at court. Now, that can change because circumstances change. So if you show up for court and all of a sudden, you know, uh, the people, the component parts are missing or various things have gone awry for the state of Maryland, then our reaction is going to be different. And that's why you really need a really qualified DUI defense attorney to help you because it's the only way that you can guarantee 
that when you get to court, the right decisions are going to be made. Sometimes those decisions are made before court, but more than likely, those decisions are made right there in court before the judge. And the reason is that in Maryland, when you get a citation, which is the way almost 100% of DUI cases are started. In other words, the police officer gives you a series of tickets after taking you to the station and then releases you from the station. Your very next appearance is actually your trial date. Oh. So a lot of people don't realize this. They think, yeah. oh, there's going to be a series of times when I'm going to have to go to court and I'm going to have enough time to ponder who I want to represent me in court. And I'm going to have enough time to come up with a defense and enough time to do a lot of the things that need to be done prior to going to court, um, such as some mitigation um, for your case. And unfortunately, that's not the case. So that's why it's super important to call us quickly, almost immediately after the incident happens, and talk to one of our lawyers. Even if you don't hire us, we're going to help you with some first aid because we don't want to see anybody go and sit on their rights and not be able to perfect, uh, you know, hearings and requests. Um, So we're going to tell you what to do that's going to help you. But hopefully you'll retain us and you'll realize that we can provide tremendous value. And I would urge anyone who's thinking about retaining a law firm uh, to represent them in a DUI case, to go to the firm's website, to look at the experience of the lawyers, the training that the lawyers have had, what expertise they can bring to the case, and then, frankly, look at reviews and see what other happy clients are saying about uh, the actual firm. And that way is probably the most informed way that you can make a decision as to who you want to retain as an attorney for a DUI case in the state of Maryland. Here's one thing that I've learned in speaking with DUI lawyers over the years, and and that is that cops need to go through a certain set of protocols. They need to follow those. Now, do do they ever make mistakes with those protocols, and, and what does that mean for the client? Sure. So the answer is um, police officers are human, just like all of us. They make errors. Um, and really, it the purpose of a good DUI defense attorney is really three things. One, the DUI defense attorney is going should look at your case through their lenses. In other words, I've got a set of lenses on my face. You know, here they are, right? <laughs> but they're unique to me because they're based on my training and my experience. And I can see things that maybe someone else can't see or. I can see things that are maybe unique and based on my training or more transparent to me. So that's the first thing you want to have someone look at your case through that lens to make sure that everything has been done correctly. Secondly, you want to have someone who can identify whether or not those mistakes have been made. And frankly, whether or not they make a difference or not in your case. So just because for instance, let me give you an example. Um, someone was not read their Miranda rights, okay? Which is your right not to incriminate yourself if you're in custody. Well, it may apply and it may not apply. It may be important, it may not be important. So you want someone to be able to filter through what's important and what's not important. 
And the third thing is you want someone to be able, based on their training and experience, to take advantage of the errors that have been made. And that's the key. And this, I would say to anyone, applies whether you think you're guilty or you don't think you're guilty, because that's really not the question that we're dealing with here. The question and the discipline is whether or not the police have done what they're supposed to do. And more importantly, can they prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you are in fact guilty of this offense? Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk about some specific things in Maryland. Um, Let's say I've been pulled over for a DUI. I understand that the police need probable calls. I was weaving in out of of lanes. Let's let's say that's why they pulled me over. And they suspect that I've been drinking. Do I need to take any of the roadside breath tests? Can I decline them? So let's first of all define roadside breath tests, or I mean roadside tests, okay? Right. The answer is there is no requirement under Maryland law for you to do what are commonly referred to as a battery of standardized field sobriety tests or exercises, depending on who you talk to, okay? That's typically uh, the eye test, which is known as the horizontal gaze and stagnus test, the walk and turn test, and the one leg stand test. There are some additional tests that officers who are properly trained can administer but those go to determine whether or not you've ingested any kind of other illicit substances other than alcohol. But you don't have to take any of them. You can actually assert your right to not take them. And there is case law in Maryland which would support the contention that, in fact, it cannot be used to determine further probable cause to take you into custody and cannot be used as substantive evidence at the trial. In essence, your refusal to perform the field sobriety exercises can't be used against you because you are invoking your right to refuse a search. Field sobriety exercises are a search, and under the Fourth Amendment, you have a right to refuse the search of your person. So... That, that's, that's the law that applies to field sobriety exercises. Most people don't know. Mm-hmm. And most people want to comply with the police because they feel, well, if I just do this, maybe they'll let me go home. It is a really bad decision. Um, you should assert your rights. Now, understand this. Police officers are going to get aggravated and cranky because you're not doing what they want you to do. You're not playing along. And so you have to do it in a smart manner. You can't be smart mouth. You have to be polite. You have to say, you know, I understand that I don't have to do these. So I'm politely declining to do these. And you have to understand that the police officer is not going to be happy. And you're probably going to go in anyway. Uh, Right. Right. So that's the first thing. Second thing is the question is, do you have to comply with a roadside sobriety test? which would involve something called a preliminary breath test in the state of Maryland? And the answer is no. And in fact, they must, the police must tell you that the roadside sobriety test is voluntary 
and it cannot be used against you in court. Now, there is a caveat, and the caveat is that the roadside sobriety test can be used against you in an administrative hearing. And in Maryland, we have separated out DUI court from DUI licensing hearings. They're not conducted by the same people. And so there's a different, a whole different set of law that applies to the administrative side of what happens to your license versus what happens to you when you go to court and you have to face the judge or the jury in a case. If I don't take the roadside tests, will it help or hurt my case? Oh, so universally, I would say it helps your case if you don't take the tests. Um, Because as I indicated, the prosecutor cannot comment on the fact that you did not take the tests and use that to infer that you're trying to hide something. It's not permitted. And also, it doesn't supply them with the information they need to, in fact, argue that you were impaired by alcohol or by drugs or by the combination of alcohol and or drugs. So it universally helps not to take the field sobriety exercises. What about, let's say they take me down to the police station, um, is there any kind of test there? Like, I, I know fewer states are using intoxilizers, but is there, is there any kind of t- test there like intoxilizer or something like that? So the answer is in Maryland, Maryland is a, a breath preference state. What that means is that Maryland is going to, uh, if they suspect alcohol is involved, or even if they don't suspect alcohol is involved, is going to try to administer a breath test to you. That breath test typically will be conducted on a machine called an ECIR2, but you can refer to it as a breathalyzer machine. Uh, And uh, that is an evidentiary breath test that is different than the roadside test. And the answer is they may be able to ask you to take that test. You have a right to refuse that test, but there's some consequences to the refusal. The consequences are that when you refuse that test, it could affect your ability to drive in the state of Maryland, perhaps even worse than taking the test. And also, there is some case law and a jury instruction in the state of Maryland, which says that evidence of the refusal can be used for whatever purpose. So theoretically... A prosecutor could argue to a judge or a jury that you were attempting to hide your breath alcohol content level. Plea bargains. Um, I know some states don't allow plea bargains in DUI cases. Tell me about Maryland. Maryland does. Okay. And, however, here's what's happening out there in the real world. In the real world, there are some jurisdictions that are saying we won't plea bargain cases. Now, um, it depends what jurisdiction. So when I say jurisdiction, typically the jurisdictions are by county in the state of Maryland. There are some federal DUIs that occur in the state of Maryland because we have all these military bases and we also have exclusively federal property like the Baltimore-Washington Parkway. 
Right. And so those cases end up going to federal court. So let's not talk about federal court for a second. Let's talk about state court. And within state court, those courts are organized via the counties. Some counties have state's attorneys who institute policies in their office. And those policies may say, we don't plea bargain cases. Other state's attorney's offices don't have those policies in place. Maryland has a very interesting sort of two-tiered system towards a DUI. So you actually, you can be charged in a number of different ways, but typically driving under the influence is the higher charge and driving while impaired is a lower charge. And oftentimes prosecutors will propose, well, we're not going to prosecute you on the DUI, but we propose a plea bargain to the driving while impaired. The difference is in the maximum penalty. So the maximum penalty, for instance, for a DUI in the state of Maryland for a first offense is a year in jail and a thousand dollar fine and 12 points on your license. The maximum penalty for a driving while impaired is 60 days in jail and or a $500 fine and eight points on your license potentially. So there is a scheme that allows for plea bargaining to occur. And it just depends on the nature of the facts of the case. I tell people, you could be the nicest person in the world and have the most horrific facts. And we have to work something out. Or you could be sort of, you know, whatever, a different type of person and have the greatest facts in the world. And we're going to go to trial or we're going to get a very favorable disposition or maybe even a non-DUI disposition because those facts just don't aren't going to hold up under the circumstances. And that's how you separate out the good lawyers from the lawyers who don't have as much training and experience um, to enable them uh, to to get those type of bargains. This has been very uh, enlightening, Albert. Um, give us your contact information, would you please? Sure. Um, I can be contacted through email at Alpert, A-L-P as in Peter, E-R-T, at D as in David, C as in Cat, M as in Mary, D as in David, that's D-C-M-D, stands for District of Columbia, Maryland, D-C-M-D, law, L-A-W, dot com. And my office number is 301-262-7005. And we man those phones 24 hours a day. Our guest today on Ask a Lawyer with Steve Sleeper is DUI defense lawyer Andrew Alpert with Alpert Trier Trial Attorneys. They have offices throughout Maryland, so visit their website at andrewalpert.com.